You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. This is episode 92. Steve here with Jimmy and Brandon. It's been a couple weeks since we spoke to you guys because last week not much uh, concrete action in the Romaverse, so to speak. A lot of rumors about Fratezzi, Selic, um, and Guedes, but nothing nothing happening yet. So we'll we'll talk about the rumors, but we'll also talk about some other things going on, uh, including the schedule release. So guys, how are you after two weeks? And, you know, the Roma schedule came out. Anything jump out at you? That's really the only on the field thing we could talk about at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that first month, that August, which is a lot closer than I I felt like it to be. The season's gonna coming up on us fast, um, and I see 12 easy points to start off the season. Florentana, Cremonense, this side called Juventus, never heard of them, and uh, Monza. Uh, I feel like that should be four easy wins out of four. Um, more seriously, um, I do actually think it's quite good that three out of four of our first matches are relatively like easier matches um i think that having the uve challenge early will also be helpful in a way i think it'll help set the right tone one way or the other um but yeah that that's my major first impression that like as far as starting schedules go august and september look relatively easy yeah i have to agree i think you know if you can beat uve in that that first matchup against them it really sets the stage to go into the end of September on the undefeated run before you face Atalanta and enter back-to-back matches. So you, you get those points against Juve and, you know, we can really get something cooking. And then overall, I think uh, it's a lot more balanced of a schedule than last season where we had that gauntlet in October that just was very brutal for us. That unsurprisingly coincided with the drop in form when, um, you know, I'm sure confidence was a little, was a little low after a tough month. So I think, you know, this schedule kind of allows you to have a tough result here or there, but not completely derail the season um, at whatever point you're at. Yeah, that's pretty much what jumped at me. First thing I saw August, September, like you guys mentioned, 
very, very winnable first few games before you head to Juve. Uh, go to Salernitana, host Cremonese, just recently promoted. Then you go to Juve, you host Monza, who is an ambitious side with Galliani and Berlusconi in charge, but newly promoted. And it's Udinese and Empoli away, and Atalanta comes home. I mean, in those first seven, you have a good shot at, I don't know, maybe eight, set, you know, 16, 18 points to start the season. You could really get on a roll. Uh, and also the really no gauntlet of a, a run, like you mentioned, even in January, we had Milan and Juve back to back in like a four day span. We don't have any of that in this schedule. We don't know what kind of Europa League draw we'll get. So there could be some big side mixed in there in a back to back, but nothing in the league. And even you mentioned Adelante and Inter and back to back weeks in, in the September, October range, there's an international break in between. So Roma won't have to face them on back to back weekends and worry about rotation, things like that. I think the toughest month on, on the surface, just looking at it quick, is probably March, where they play Juve on the 5th, Sassuolo on the 12th, and Lazio on the 19th. But even Sassuolo, we don't know what they're going to be next year with so many players rumored to be on the way out. So I, I definitely like the schedule a lot more than last season, especially when you're trying to balance two, possibly three competitions. And it'll be exciting. And yeah, Jim, I mean, August 14th, right around the corner. It, it, I think it's a little earlier than past seasons just because probably the World Cup break, but it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah, it's a lot earlier than I remember that, though, I guess, you know, we're losing the entirety of December, which we don't yeah. normally and a good chunk of November, which is not typical. Thanks, Qatar. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the season. I mean, based off of who we're heavily rumored with, you know, the people who are actually sticking in the rumors with reliable sources over several weeks. Um, I think that the squad should probably be ready for a top four challenge by mid-August. I think that's a realistic expectation. What do you guys think? Yeah, I actually feel good about a top four challenge this season, with, with particularly with this schedule, just because um, I, I know the team's been working on it and it's been a market improvement in seasons past, but we always talk about the mentality and so not having to deal with these um, your title rivals uh, or top four rivals, you know, back to back to back. I think that's going to be huge and uh, soft schedule to start and also a soft schedule to close where you got um, Salernitana and Spezia in two of the three matches um, to close with Fiorentina sandwich in the middle. So um, opportunity to start strong, opportunity to close, finish strong. And so I think, um, you know, if you can, if you can hang on the rest, you know, throughout, I think it, it, it's a good sign for the team. Yeah, I agree. I think the top four based on, you know, if you get the squad improvements, this schedule lends itself a lot uh, more favorably to a top four challenge. And you don't have to go those back to back to backs like we had last October, which kind of set you back a little bit early in the season. So certainly something to look forward to in, in just about a month and a half. But the big news lately, Jim, has been a player you wrote about recently this week, Nicolo Zaniolo. The reports are that, you know, Roma is willing to sell. Now it's only for cash, no player exchange. I think the latest I saw today is really only Juve is involved. And, you know, there's a, a lot of shit thrown around in the media, so to speak, about his attitude, the team, the freakins don't like him, this and that. So first off, you did a pros and cons piece about selling Zaniolo, then I guess we could all kind of weigh into the situation. So if, if you're looking at it from your perspective, what are the pros to maybe unloading Zaniolo now? And what are the, the cons? Yeah, so I mean, I outlined this a bit more in the piece, and everyone should go read it if they want to. Um, but the biggest cons to, I mean, to not letting him go are that we don't really know who he's going to be just yet. Um, that's true of any young player, but it's especially true of a young player who came off of two ACL tears. I personally thought he had a pretty promising recovery season last season. 
Uh, sure, he, he wasn't filling up the stat box, but if you just gave him the eye test, you could see that he was still attracting defenses in the same way. He was creating chances, albeit not scoring goals, but creating chances. And, you know, I think there were a lot of positive signs, but still, we don't know what he's going to become in this kind of post-ACL tear form. We all know what happened to Kevin Strootman when he got an ACL tear, Alessandro Florenzi when he got an ACL tear. These players usually aren't the same. Um, so that's one thing that we should think about when we're debating a Zaniolo sale. What, what exactly is Zaniolo's trajectory now? Um, the other part is the price tag that you mentioned. There's a 50 to 60 million euro price tag that's being bandied about as a potential fee for Zaniolo. That's not chump change. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's like a world beating fee. Um, we, we all know how expensive prospects have become in the world of European football. Uh, so that would probably put him like a tier below the likes of Holland or Mbappe or whatever, which I think is probably a reasonably fair valuation of where he could go. Um, however, 60 million euros, that could get you a player like Gonzalo Guedes, that could get you a player like Gonzalo Guedes and like 30 million to spare. Uh, so it's a question of whether you want to burn the hand or two in the bush uh, with the fee versus, you know, keeping Zaniolo around. On the flip side, I would also say that the biggest reason why I don't think you should sell Zaniolo is that you don't sell low on superstars in any sport. You try to, whether it's, you're in a sport with free agency, you try to make sure that you get a player on a long contract. So even if they're, they're interested in leaving your club, you can trade them and get a lot of value. That doesn't really happen as much in football, but the same rule applies. That if a player is on a long-term contract, the transfer fee is usually a lot higher to prime away from his club. Uh, so I would argue that even if your intent in a year or two is to sell Zaniolo, that there is some merit to giving him a renewal right now. If you think that he's at a lower value than he will be in the long term, which I think is fair to say since he's coming off of two ACL tears and a rather middling season. Uh, you know, and the other reason is simply just, you know, I think that Roma fans are often spoiled in terms of expectations for how many world-class players can come through the club on a regular basis. We were really spoiled that players like Francesco Totti and Dan Daniela De Rossi came through the academy we got them on a free essentially sure we invested money in them when they were developing but they came in on freeze essentially and became world-class players zaniolo is as close as you can get to that um if they're not coming straight from the academy and i would argue that zaniolo in terms of sheer talent and potential is the closest player that we've had to totti and de rossi in terms of you know their potential um, Lorenzo Pellegrini is a fantastic captain. I think that he'll be a long-term fixture of the Azuri and Roma. But in terms of potential, I would still put Daniolo ahead of him, similar to all the other Primavera prospects were exciting, but just not as exciting as Daniolo. Um, so when you've got a guy who you think might be at a dip in his value, when you've got a guy who might be the next face of the Italian national team, and when you've got a guy who could be the spiritual successor to Francesco Totti in Rome, the fee better be really good. And when I've been seeing all these transfer fees bandied about where it's like, oh, 30 million euros and a bunch of scrubs off of Juve's bench that they gave too big of a salary to. Like, no, I don't want Arthur. No, I don't want like half of these guys who they snapped up when they were 18 and looking promising for some small Serie A club and they've been on a series of loans. There was a mention of a guy who was the second top scorer in the Austrian um, league last year. I don't want a guy from the Austrian league in exchange for our star player. Like, I think that's a reasonable response. Um, if the fee was in the 60 to 7 million euros range, I would consider it. 
But I also think that Zaniolo's value is probably the lowest it's going to be, assuming that he can get back to his height. So it really depends on what you think long-term about Zaniolo's potential to improve. I'm pretty high on his ability to improve. I think we saw how good he could be at a young age, and it wasn't just luck. Um, he showed consistency before his ACL tears as well. So I would say they want to keep him around, even if he does disappear in a couple of years, because in a couple of years, he'll be worth even more. Yeah, Brandon, what's your take on the Zaniola situation? Um, I'm team keep him at all costs. I think if you, um, for me, he, I think his, uh, his ceiling is probably comparable to Tammy's ceiling. And I, I see a lot of people um, probably even higher than Tammy's um, if we're breaking it down. But, and I see a lot of people saying, oh, if anybody wants Tammy, 80 million or bust. Well, I'm not really comfortable selling Zaniolo for 50 million. Um, you know, if you, if you're comparing the two players like that, and I know it's a little different circumstances and there's probably a little bit of an EPL tax on Tammy when you discuss selling him. But I think in terms of potential, they're, they're kind of neck and neck, even with the knee injuries. And I think when you're, you're, we're just on the precipice of getting the returns from Zaniolo that we've all been waiting for, I think. And I think that scoring that goal in the conference Conference League final is going to do wonders for him this season in terms of his confidence and, um, you know, just get him getting his mojo back. So I'm really reluctant to sell him in general. And then when you talk about selling him to a Juve and throwing in these scrubs, like uh, Jimmy mentioned, it's really not something that I I would have a very sour taste in my mouth if we did that. Um, when you talk about selling him abroad, that's a little bit more easier to stomach. but um, and I think generally we're seeing a trend in the market where the prices are going down on some of these players compared to uh, when everything was inflated after the Neymar deal. But I don't really want Zaniello to be um, one of these players that kind of resets the market where we don't get the money that we think that we should be getting for him just because the, the market's a little bit down. So, I mean, if if in a year or two time his value is the same, maybe this is something that we can, we can revisit. But for now, I think it'd be silly to sell him at the prices that are being thrown around. And in terms of bringing in a replacement, I don't know if you're going to get somebody with his potential um, for the price, you know, for the, for those same prices. So it's for all across the board, I think it's probably a bad move to sell him now. Yeah, I agree. I'm all for keeping him. The only way I think you even consider selling him is if he says, you know what, I want out. I'm not renewing, you know, his contract's up in two seasons. So if you hold on to him another, then his, his value maybe gets cut in half because he's a year away from, you know, being a free agent. But hey, maybe you get a great year out of him, even if if you do lose some value there. I don't know. But um, I, I don't see how you sell a kid with his potential, like you guys said. You know, one of our readers uh, and listeners, Dimitar Grade from the message words asked, you know, if you think he's going to be the next superstar of Italian football, what makes you believe it? I don't know if he's going to be a superstar. He might be a very good player at this point after the injuries. Maybe he does get to superstar status. But to me, he's just about 23 years old. I think I think he's just turning 23. Uh, he showed some flashes last year. From what I see, the physical side of the game still looks pretty good for a guy who really got, and we've talked about it plenty of times on, on this show, hacked around without much protection from the referees. It's more the mental side that needs to be fixed. And, you know, you see him on social media. He's working out every day right now, right? You, you see the pictures. I don't know where these reports come from that things aren't great with the freakins or with the, with the team or yada, yada, yada. Who knows if these things are made up by the, 
you know, the media, maybe from especially outside of Rome and northern, a lot of northern run papers and things like that. Maybe, you know, Juve is the team he's linked with. And I don't want to sell to Juve for 50 or 60 million. If Juve really wants him enough, make, make them pay up. And I agree. Do not take any kind of player exchange at this point, because that's probably the only way Juve can financially make a deal for Zaniolo happen. So don't make it any easier on them than it has to be, because if they're already bringing in Pogba uh, and uh, some other, and some other players, they already brought in Vlaovic, you don't want to reinforce their team at maybe what could turn out to be a cut rate. So I would, I would err on the side of caution, especially selling to Juve. Um, like Brandon said, I think abroad would be easier to stomach, but you can still see him explode under Conte at Spurs or a place like that. And then you, you're still kind of kicking yourself uh, in the long run. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I don't see them selling or I don't see, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't see them selling because who knows we, it is Roma. We've seen players go in the past, but I don't think selling benefits the side as much as maybe some people might think for 50 or 60 million right now, because 50, 60 million. Yeah. It might get you Guedes and I mean, maybe a Berardi or somebody just to throw a name out there, but does that really make you better in the long run? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. If I see Artur and McKenney holding up Roma scarves, well, <laughs> just across the pond <laughs> Samuel is holding out the scarf of another team I'm going to lose my mind and I have to probably take an extended hiatus <laughs> and like McKenny's a player I like as a U.S. fan playing for the U.S. national team but I don't I don't think he's something you take back in a Zaniolo deal to give Juve a break right yeah and I think he's he's, he's a McKenny's a nice player for sure but I don't think he is somebody that you're going to build um the Champions League squad around um, even a squad that's pushing for the top four. I don't think you're going to build your squad around him, whereas Zaniolo is clearly one of those players that, you, in theory, you can see um, the team built, being built around him. So, you know, with that, that's another reason why I'm just like, some of these players that are being linked for the swap deal, um, not a fan. For, for me, it'd be, okay, well, I'll give you Zaniolo, but give me Kate Chiesa. Um, even though he's yeah. coming off an ACL tear, like that's the level of player that you, you would need. To that's return. like the only player, right? You take off Juve at this point is like a Chiesa. Vlaovic. Yeah, Vlaovic. Not getting rid of him. That's yeah. the biggest thing for me that I don't understand with all these swap deals that Juve seems to be proposing. You're trying to take a guy who, whether or not you believe he's a superstar right now, could become one and is also like, in terms of social media presence, one of our biggest faces. Like, if you're going to do that, I don't want some scrub. I'm going to take a starter off. Like, if you're trying to give us take away one of our starters and you want to do a player swap, either give us a player that would actually fit in the starting lineup or pay up the actual cash. You pay so cheap. It's disgusting. Well, they're, used to, they're used to working from that position of power where they, they leverage these sides who have less pull than them and they, they, they finagle ways to do things. They're doing the soccer version of what we probably all experienced as a kid where um, – older sibling or whoever uh, a little bit older than you is like hey i'll give you two of these like cards uh for one of your super rare cards but you're getting you're getting a good deal here so you should take this and most clubs in italy are like oh okay fine and then uh you know they explode at juve and what you get is is worthless yeah and if you give them up to juve like juve i think instantly again becomes scudetto favorite in, in a way because you have zaniolo chiesa vlaovic up front you're adding pogba to the midfield uh, with Locatelli, they probably had another player at some point, and then you know they're they're they have very hard Korea too. Yeah, very hard team to stop. So you're just strengthening a team that is right now somewhat vulnerable in terms of like Scudetto challenger. It's still top four type team, but you know you could turn them into a Scudetto challenger if you give up the right player to them. And I, I don't want to see that happen. 
And uh, Dimitar also asked if it's worth waiting and maybe holding on to him too long and risk losing him either to free agency or injury. I think it's worth the risk at this point. I think Roma has to take the risk if they're an ambitious club. I'd rather lose him for free in, a, in two years' time than sell him to a direct rival. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so besides Zaniolo, the other big name linked to Roma recently is one that, geez, I don't think I've ever heard such a big name linked to Roma in my time. That's Cristiano Ronaldo. I know he's 37 at this point, but he is Cristiano Ronaldo. He scored close to 30 goals his last stint at Juve two seasons ago. I know I see Jimmy's look on his face, but I mean, this is a legit, just in terms of face value of this rumor prior to Marino and the Freakins, can you guys ever remember such a big link to Roma? My lawyer has advised me not to officially comment on this matter. Um, more seriously, no, of course not. Um, I mean, Zlatan, maybe. Uh, when we were linked to Zlatan way back in the day, that's the closest I can think of. Uh, yeah, I, it's a testament to the Mourinho effect. It's a testament to the statement of intent that the freaking group has been putting forward that the media now has decided or certain elements of the media have now decided that a CR7 to Roma rumor is like, a reasonable thing to bandy about as for the veracity of that rumor no comment yeah i think it's you know a one percent chance of happening if that but prior to Mourinho and the freakins and pinto joining it would have been in you know you, you see ronaldo's name linked to the club and it's it's zero percent like what is this what is this rubbish but having these figures at the club you know you have have a small thought in the back of your head well maybe like uh there's there's a connection with Mourinho from their days at Real Madrid together and you know that the freakins want to make a statement um with your one the, the year one statement being Tammy Mourinho and the conference league trophy so what do we have in store for year two and from that perspective it's like okay well I guess this is this is a rumor that's that uh you could see happening is that big move. We we wanted it to be Dybala. That doesn't look like it's going to happen, but we're all still waiting for something. I guess this is just the latest something that could happen. Yeah, I mean, I know the. I was going to get into the likelihood you guys both said low. I'm going to probably go maybe nowhere like 5%, right? Just because of the Mourinho effect and the fact that the Freakins are ambitious, so maybe they are contemplating something behind the scenes. Money, of course, is an issue because his salary is huge. He'd have to take a huge pay cut to come to Roma. They'd have to find a way maybe like Juve did to find some endorsements and finagle something, but just talk about the player right now, pros and cons of if Cristiano Ronaldo is willing to come to Roma at this point in his career, what are the pros? What are the cons in your opinion? Because to me, I, I to me, he's still a player that moves the needle. I mean, the guy scored 30 goals and said he out two seasons ago. I mean, this could be a move for Roma that really puts the club on the map. I mean, from a marketing perspective on top of the, on the field production, the guy, yes, he's getting up there. There, there are arguments, you know, he's a bit of a prima donna, but he works his ass off. I mean, have you ever seen a guy in better shape than him? I don't think so, especially at 37 years old in professional sports. So I, I'd be willing to take a, a shot at Ronaldo if the price was right, I think. I, I, don't, I don't see a way that he doesn't make Roma better at this point. I feel like in many ways it's an extreme version or like a version of st- on steroids of the potential for that Badistuta, um transfer it, that got us to Scudetto. Um, that transfer, if it had gone poorly, would have been probably viewed as one of the biggest mistakes 
Roma ever made, like dropping at the time the equivalent of like 40 million euros, which was a huge transfer fee at the time um, for an aging striker. Like we got the Scudetto, so that's what matters. And like after after we got the Scudetto, he kind of fell off, which is sad because of injuries, but like it happened. Um, but we got the Scudetto and that mattered. Um, I view a potential Ronaldo transfer as a similar high risk, high reward situation. Like, could it make Roma a champ? a Scudetto contender, potentially. Um, it could also throw off the entire balance of the locker room. It could also set us up where our wage bill is just, you know, our wage bill has always been really high. Adding a guy who's currently being paid like 30 million euros a year just doesn't seem feasible to me. Um, if he wanted to come here, it could be great um, from a purely footballing standpoint um he's art he's one of the best players of all time on the pitch um however i would be very worried about it what happens if it doesn't go great yeah i think i'll, I'll speak to the cons first i think there is a potential that it kind of that it crashes and burns if um you know if there's a goal drought for ronaldo for example we've seen him get very unhappy when the goals aren't coming for him that doesn't happen often, but with a young team where sometimes uh, service to work for the forwards is a little questionable. I know we've improved in that aspect a little bit, but, you know, a lot of the goal scoring load was on um, on Tammy and, and, and Pellegrini and um, Ronaldo would certainly ease that burden. But at the same time, are you entirely confident on the service that he's going to get? Um, most of the time we've seen him sulk on the pitch when that service isn't coming in so that's an aspect that you would worry about at 37 his willingness to press and play defense is also questionable and um with with a Mourinho coach side it's it's all predicated on the team working together as one so that's another concern I know it's probably overblown his uh how much of a liability he is on defense but we've all if you've seen a match that Ronaldo's played in in the last, you know, three or four years, you've seen him walking on the pitch, um, as most superstars these days do. Um, so that, you know, that's another concern. But as for the pros, you can easily see him scoring 20 goals, even at his age, playing alongside Tammy. Um, you have Tammy there kind of pick up the slack on defense. Poor Ronaldo, we, we see Tammy run his heart out at all times. So I think, you know, there's a little bit of a trade-off there. And then in terms of being in the locker room, obviously there's concerns about Ronaldo being a prima donna of sorts, but at the same time, uh, you hear from other players that have played with him how his work ethic is almost second to none. And he, you know, the level that he takes care of himself is, uh, they all admire it to the point that they're afraid to even get desserts um, when, he, when, he, when he shows up at the club. So I think for, um, in terms of preparing on the field, you could you could do a lot worse with the role model for um, a lot of these young players that we have. But at the same time, I think the Batisuta move was when Roma was you know a piece away, and I don't think that we're there now. So certainly Roma is a I would lock them into top four if Ronaldo joined. But in terms of pushing for the title itself, I don't I think it's still a bridge too far even bringing him in. 
Yeah, I, 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 Roma does need some other help, right? The midfield needs help, especially if you bring in a player like him. You're going to need some help defensively in the midfield. You talked about that. I think Tammy could make up for some of his, uh, you know, deficiencies on the defensive end because we, we've seen Tammy press like like crazy, right? So maybe Ronaldo is the striker that stays higher up the pitch if they play like the three five two still. But I think, you know, and I think it's still a very unlikely scenario that he comes. I think the Basti Tuta move was what came to my mind when I saw the comparison. You know, it's the second season with a big-time manager, a team that's improving. But I know you're not a fan of his, Jim. But if someone said to you, Roma would have a legit shot on a two-year contract, we'll say, because, you know, you're not going to invest long-term in this player. Two-year contract, legit shot at the Scudetto. Do you take a chance on Ronaldo? I'm going to be honest and say that I would probably need to take a hiatus from doing anything other than watching the matches. Uh, I might even not watch all the matches in the way that I do right now. If Roma got a Scudetto, I'd be incredibly happy for the fans. I'd be happy on some level for myself because I love this club. I don't want to get into mess, but I do not really want him on any team that I support. What about you, Brandon? Um, yeah, I, 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 I understand Jimmy for sure. And, uh, definitely, uh, it, it, it you know, you have to <laughs> kind of hold your nose at that point, I think, but, um, in terms strictly with the prospect of winning the Scudetto, I think as a club, that's a move that you have to take, I know. And I think in terms of wanting to make Roma bigger than what it is at this point. I think that's a move that certainly accelerates that um, by tenfold. So I think from the higher ups perspective, this is a no brainer. Um, if you can do it, even if you, if you, even if you don't get a Scudetto out of it, if you, if it puts you right, right there by the time this contract expires and some of these younger players mature, um, I can definitely see it being worth all the headaches that come with it for the front office. I agree. I Like you said, even if it doesn't win you the Scudetto, I think from the prospect of the growth of the prestige of the club to then attract other players, even post Ronaldo, especially if they can win a Scudetto, I think would be huge to be able to compete with the Juve's and the, the Milan base sides and the financial element of that too. And maybe that helps accelerate the stadium. Even if you show, look, we can attract these kind of players. We're going to pack this new stadium. I, I would, I'm not going to say I would sell my soul to the devil, but I would certainly take the freaking's money and take take a big shot on it if they could do it because you're talking about one of the top, we'll say top five greatest players of all time, depending on how you rate Pele and Maradona and Messi and also probably top four of all time. I mean, depending on how you rate those players, I don't see how the freaking's can't be sitting there in their office thinking if he wants to come, how could we make this work? Especially knowing the splash they made with Mourinho. That's just the way I, mean, I see it. Be, I don't, I'm not clear, saying it's going to happen, yeah. but... Yeah, to be clear, I, I have no issue with his ability as a player. Um, that's really not where my concern lies. Yeah, I think also it's uh, – I don't know. We saw we saw this past season with Man United. They didn't have all the, their pieces in place, and they brought him in. And where did they finish? You know, in their Europa mm-hmm. League spot, just like us. So depending on what the other clubs do this summer or, or over the next two summers, if, we, if you brought him in on a two-year contract in theory, I think – um, there's certainly a risk to being in the same position that we started. I think the the talent gap between the top sides in England and the top sides in Italy is obviously not as drastic, but at the same time, um, 
you still have to keep an eye on the, your on your rivals and how they're how they're loading up for these uh, next few seasons. Yeah, and I think that's a good point too because Inter looks like they're going to load up with Lukaku and possibly DiBala go with Martinez this year. Uh, Milan's having a little more difficulty landing some of their targets that we've seen, but we talked about Juve going out and adding um, Pogba and some other pieces most likely. So Roma's going to have to so keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, if they want to really push for that top four in the title. And, you know, when Ronaldo's motivated, you, if you think back to his Juve days in the Champions League, when Atletico, there's bad blood there from his Real Madrid days, he went out and buried them with a hat trick. So on his day, even just two seasons ago, which isn't that long ago for a guy that keeps himself in shape the way Ronaldo does, he could be really motivated coming to a club like Roma to really cement his legacy and say, look, I took this, I don't want to say not has been, is not the word I'm looking for, but this kind of like second tier club, you know, not like a big time club like a Juve or Real Madrid or a, a, a United. And I took them to a title. And I think Mourinho kind of maybe sees it the same way with cementing his legacy, right? Roma's a big club, but they're not a huge club. They're kind of that second tier club. Even in Italy, you got the big three up North and then Roma's kind of always like the, the ugly stepsister <laughs> challenges for the title, rarely wins it. Right. So if, if players and coaches and can take a Roma or a, a Napoli is an equivalent, or I guess you could say a Lazio type team to a title in Italy, you get, you get elevated to another level. I mean, look at in the past 20, it's been 20 years since Roma or another team has won a Scudetto. That's not one of those three sides from up North. So Toti said it winning one in Rome is like winning 10 elsewhere. So I don't know. I, I would take the chance. I would take the chance. That's all I'm saying. All right, we're back from our quick commercial break. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about the Zaniolo and the Ronaldo situations. Those two are big ones. So on the message boards on Twitter, weigh in and let us know what you're thinking on those two. Would you sell Zaniolo? Would you bring in Ronaldo? And uh, now we'll move on to our listener question part, portion of the episode, which uh, we'll break into some Mercato stuff and then some, but some questions looking forward to next season and the competitiveness of the side. So we'll get into a little bit of that too. But uh, starting off, guys, with the Mercato stuff, we, we've mentioned Selic, Fratezi, Solbakken, Guedes have all been talked about a lot recently. And St. Nicholas from the CDT message boards asked, you know, we've been reading about those certain deals are at various stages of completion. Is our financial situation keeping us from closing these deals? Is it due to the timing? And in a week, we'll have a few of them on our team, or is it something totally different? So, I mean, I think it's, a, it's I don't know, these... Uh, these deals always go at a snail's pace. And I think each of these players that we've been linked with, there's different reasons for why they're dragging, for example, Gwedish, Valencia wants a little bit more money than Roma are willing to give. So Balkan photo is playing hardball with the player, not wanting to release them before they do their, um, I believe champions league qualification matches. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, a sticking point in that deal besides the bad blood from, um, the conference league fixtures and then for Tezzi, um, you know, it's, I'm sure it's a, it's quabbling over um, full Pato or what player um, they want to send over to Sassuolo to kind of uh, decrease the cost a little bit. And then I think from what I've seen so far is Selic is moving right along and it's just a matter of time. So um, I'm not, I wouldn't say that it's obviously our financial situation is a, uh, is a factor in why some of these are moving a little bit slower than we'd all like, but they're all, various degree they're all different reasons for why <laughs> they're not at Trigoria just yet um working with Mourinho yeah it, they're, they're all those different points I think Selic probably the first domino to fall but those other clubs like you said Solbach and there's bad blow with Bodo 
Sassuolo is going to try to get as much as they can out of us, probably in terms of uh, a player or two in return. They really like Volpato from what I've read, who uh, shout out to him for two goals at the U19 Euros this past week or so. And um, we'll see what Guedes. I know that Valencia needs to sell before June 30th. So Roma could be trying to play hardball until then and lower that price, but they don't want players in return. Ladies, I saw. So that's the latest we've seen in those places. Um, AJ Swanson from Twitter said, I know removing dead players or dead weight players affects who we can bring in, which player who's a Mourinho's doghouse will be hardest to offload this summer. My money's on, I'm going to do Diawara. Um, Can't just get rid of that guy. He's got a high salary. He seems to be very picky about what his next club's going to be. Out of all the guys left, I would not be surprised if he was here until his contract expired. That's, that's the last guy that I'm like, oh, you really just have no intent of playing football. Like you can just, you'll be very happy collecting your paycheck. And it seems like he's very happy collecting his paycheck. I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, but it sure seems like over the past year, he's indicated that he does not, he's made his money and he does not really have any intent to continue earning a paycheck. I agree. I think he seems like on the surface to be the hardest one, but hopefully we are wrong and they can move on from him there too. And anybody else that they feel like they need to move on from at this point. Um, so Danny Muda from CDT says, if you could sign three more players in this transfer window, which players would it be in a club realistic budget? Of course, players were linked to, or maybe ones you guys really like. Thank you for the great content, even throughout this time without club football. So thanks for listening. And three, three names we could do real quick. Who would be your three? Hmm. I, I, two of them are Fratesi and Guedes. Honestly, like I, I do feel like they're very good pit fits for what we need. Um, honestly, I would say that the thing that I'm most excited about more than like any sign, signing barring Fratesi is seeing how some of these young players who were promising in dribs and drabs in the, their first season with the big boys, um, how they play this next season. Like Christian Volpato, Eduardo Bove, Nikola Zalewski. I really want to see how those three develop because if they're able to, like the reason why Zaniolo is such a win for Roma from the get-go is because of how little we paid for him. And if, and for Roma to be able to succeed against the three Northern clubs that you already mentioned, we need to have more guys who are coming through from the Primavera and becoming like at least Serie A, like starter level. Um, like big club Syria starter level. That that's the only way we can keep our wage budget in check. That's the only way that we're going to be able to have long term success. I think for me, my three would be uh, Seneze from Feyenoord. Um, you know, if, especially if we sell Abanias on, I think that'd be a great person to bring in. Um, and I would say Guedes, but for the money that's being uh, thrown around um, in the rumor mill, I, I think I'd rather go for like a Carrasco from Atleti. Um, if he was for sale, I know, uh, he, he, he was at a point one of Simeone's, uh, key players. So it might be a little more pricey to get him out of there than it would be to get Guedes from Valencia, but that's a player I really like. And then, um, assuming we can't get the ball, I think the, you know, the quote unquote big signing that I would like the club to make is Isco. Um, I know he's a little bit of a shell of himself from, uh, his prime days at Real Madrid, but I think he would absolutely tear it up in City. Yeah, yeah I, I would. I like the um, Senezi shout, especially if we stick with a back three and need a, another center back, or if we were to move on from Ibanez and then still be playing a back four. I like the Selic prospect because I think it's a good uh, counterbalance to what Karsdorp offers, a little more defensive. And I like Fratezi. So I'll, I'll throw those three out there just without putting too much thought into it and really, you know, 
going around and, and thinking about players that aren't linked to us. But I, I think that those are kind of the places we need to improve. Uh, Costaba Harry Haran asks, has this been the silliest, silly season ever? Um, just based on the fact that we are linked with Ronaldo, which we don't usually get linked with players of that caliber. I would say probably yes in my time watching and covering Roma. Yeah, the Zaniola stories alone are just like borderline insane at this point with the <laughs> frequency and like what Juve thinks that they can use to get him and like, oh, it turns out that everybody hates Zaniolo in Rome and it's like, okay, like it, it's clear to me that the Italian media needs to find a new Balotelli and they're trying to make Zaniolo the new Balotelli. I hope he can handle it because the Italian media really does have a tendency to take any young player with a the chance to become a world beater and just like grind them down to a pulp. As soon as he joins one of the stripes though, you best believe that they're going to be, you know, his darling, all their darling all over again, but uh, silliest, silly season ever. I, my memory is not so good these days, so it's hard to say, but I think it's been pretty crazy um, with the Ronaldo links and the Zaniello rumors but um, I think in terms of the players that were actually being linked with uh, that you can conceivably see being brought in, I don't think it's the craziest thing. Of, you know, it's, it's nothing crazy. Um, I think probably when we brought in Monchi and there was all this expectation around, I was probably also up there as um, one of the craziest windows. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see who get, we'll get linked with from now until the end of the window. Yeah. So. We're definitely linked with a lot of players. One of them is Fratezi. We have a couple of Fratezi-related questions. One comes from Ali on Twitter. He wants to know the appeal of Fratezi. He's Roman. He's a midfielder, but why do we need him? We're not in a position to spend 20 to $30 million on a depth player, he says. And then Nkuli from Twitter says, hey, guys, massive fan here. Do you see Mourinho continuing with the 3-4-2-1 or maybe 4-3-3 with Fratezi in mind? Uh, so starting with Fratezi, I don't think he's a depth player for 20 to 30 million. I think he's a rotation player at worst, rotating with Cristante and whoever else they bring into the midfield. Um, and I think there's a lot more to it than him just being Roman. The Pinto and Mourinho would not just be bringing in a player because he's Roman. If you watched Sassuolo last year, I think he he's shown the potential to be a very good midfielder, uh, box-to-box type player. In terms of the formation, I don't see them going to a 4-3-3 outright. I think it would be more of a 4-2-3-1 if Mourinho goes with that because I think Pellegrini has to play a little higher up the pitch. And uh, I know Fratezi is more, maybe more used to the 4-3-3 playing that Metzala position, but I think he can adapt to maybe partnering with Cristante or a defensive mid like Matic. Um, or in the 3-4-2-1 also playing one of those center positions. How do you guys see it? I don't see him as a rotation. I, I see him as a rotation signing for like the immediate future and then a starter for the long term. Like a, not only a starter, but like a good starter. Um, I think that people don't remember sometimes how expensive a, that kind of player is, regardless of whether they're Roman or not. Um, Marash Kambula is probably like a less experienced version of David Fratezi um, in terms of who we like, what we we're seeing in him trying to become long-term and he was more expensive than the figures that we're getting for Fratezi. Uh, so if we're able to get Fratezi for under 30 million euros and he's a rotation player now and a regular starter by the end of the season, I'll consider that a win. Yeah, I agree. I haven't seen him as much as you guys probably have, but um, when you bring in a player for that amount, it is more than just as a depth piece. And I think um, 
as we're seeing the next phase in Roma's evolution in the midfield. I think that's a he has all the qualities that you would want to to take your team to the next level. So I think it's a it would be a great move for both parties. Yeah. Um, and then another one from the Gracchi brothers. He says, assuming we stick to the three five two, do you think we need a more offensive alternative to cars or by right wing back? Feels like we mainly attacked through the center or on the left last season, which made us rather predictable. From what I've read, Selleck isn't very attack minded. If we get any more attack yeah. minded, <laughs> if we get any more attack minded, it's going to be Trent Alexander Arnold or Marcelo <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, the cars are pretty attack minded. And I think yeah, I would say, yeah, but, honestly, like one of the underrated elements of why I think Zaniolo had a tougher season is because of how attack minded Karsdorp is. I don't know what the solution to that is that that would be tactically. Um, I think that if we change up it a little bit and maybe have the fullbacks be a little bit less more like wingbacks, Zaniolo might have more space. But I do think it's an underrated element of Zaniolo's season last season that Arthur did. Yeah, I don't think you go more attack-minded. I think Spinazzola provides that on the left. I think you could even play Spinazzola or Zalewski on the right if you wanted to go with the two of them at the same time to really go attack-minded. But I think Selleck is the perfect counterbalance. Like I said, you need someone a little more defensive because Karsorp to me isn't that defensive. So to go more offensive really leaves us a, a hole, especially if we go to a back four. Uh, last one on the Mer- Mercato, Joe Spagnoli from Twitter asks, with Fiorentina rumors cooling off for a couple of weeks, do we still have a chance of getting Florian Grilich on a free? I haven't really seen him linked. I think it could make sense on a free, but I haven't seen any links. Yeah, I've seen I've, links. Yeah, I've seen I've seen maybe one or two, but uh, and I know, and they've all been in the context of oh, Mourinho still really prefers this player, so maybe Roma can swoop in for a free. But yeah, with the how infrequent the rumors pop up, I don't. I'd be surprised if it does end up happening. Yeah, it seems very, like, speculative, like you said, like, oh, the media's like, oh, Mourinho likes this player. Roma should go for him more than it's, like, Pinto's negotiating. So we'll see. A uh, couple of questions just to wrap. Looking ahead, we have some questions kind of related to after the calendar came out and things like that. Um, Cactus Mac from CDTS, do you think chances of winning Europa now that the level of play in that competition has improved since the creation of the Conference League? What do you think of the Roma's chances in that competition? We had a couple related to that. Even when the, the wheels were falling off with Fonseca, we got pretty deep in the EL last time. I think we should be able to get deep in EL again. Am I going to say we should win the trophy? No, but I'm saying that we should be a contender for it. Yeah, I think – I forget exactly at what point in the competition I had this come across my head, but it might have been in the semifinals where uh, when we were going up against Leicester. But I looked at the Euro, Europa um, – Upper League semifinal, and I was like, "Man, I think Rome. This is more winnable than the Conference League uh, route." So I think it's definitely a competition that you could win. It kind of depends on what uh, how the Champions League group stages go, who 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 drops down into that um, into the Europa League play because uh, you get one of the big boys in there, and then you're really not going to be the favorite to win that competition, but. Um, I would. I hope that they have a strong chance to win it. I think uh, for Mourinho, what's what's one better than winning Europa League the first year with Porto and then Champions League the next year with Porto is doing all three competitions with Roma. I know that's that's way too far uh, into the future, but I think um, Mourinho is definitely going to have his eye on this one as one to win. Yeah, I think he definitely will have the eye. So we had a couple. Interesting uh, kind of perspective. Sufjan from Twitter asked, the top four to him seems more realistic 
than winning the Europa League because of heavy spenders like Arsenal and, and United being present, as well as Champions League dropouts and other strong teams like Lazio. He says, we know Mourinho will push for everything, including the, the Copa Italia. Is that wise? And then on the, on the flip side, Vicky Maverick from Twitter asks, is the top four a really realistic ambition for Roma? Should they just focus on winning a trophy like they did last season with the Europa League or maybe the Copa Italia? Does Mourinho and company go after Europa League make more sense since it can also ensure a Champions League berth? Uh, and then could Roma aim for a Scudetto and Mouse third season? I don't think we'll talk about the third season yet. Let's get to the second. But which approach do you think is the likeliest? Do you think Roma can push on all, all fronts, depending on how this Mercato goes? I think that's the intent. I th- like looking at the signings that we're trying to make, looking at the dead weight that we're trying to get rid of. From the get-go at the end of last Mercado, uh, Mourinho was saying the biggest differentiator between this side and the guys who I expect to be in the top four is not necessarily even our starting players. It's the players that they have on the bench, the players that you can play in rotation matches, the players you can play when injuries happen, when red cards happen. And what I see from our targets is that we're very wisely looking to develop actual depth and more positions than we've had in a while. Um, If we're able to do that and those signings actually work, I could feel pretty good about our chances of getting both a top four finish and going very deep into EL. I think that the problem with a cup competition is it's so much luck of the draw um, that like Roma, if things had gone weirder for Roma, Roma could have dropped out in like the quarterfinals of the ECL. Roma got lucky to a certain extent, I would say, and like had a favorable draw up until the semifinals or so. Um, So I would say that, if things go the right way, Roma can win the EL. If things go the right way, Roma can win top four. I don't see them as mutually exclusive. I agree. I, I think they can go for both, and I think they will go for both. And I, the thing that always worries me is when you put all your eggs into a a knockout competition like the Europa League, the draw matters a lot. Just having one bad match can kill you in a, in a, a two-legged affair. So it's really a crapshoot. So I think you have to focus on top four, but – Mourinho will also go for the Europa League. And I think that's wise if they add the depth that they're talking about adding. Yeah, I agree as well. And I think we'll see a similar strategy as to what we saw last year where um, you go for top four, uh, you go for the cup, you go for Europa. And then come uh, February, March, if you're fading in the distance, uh, you know, mired in six, which I I hope not for my sanity as well as (laughs) – you know, all the, the headlines calling from Mourinho's head, if that's the case. But I think we'll see something similar where if they were in that position where they are fifth and sixth in some ways out, that, that they then shift their attention towards Europa. And when you have a coach like Mourinho, you're always going to have a chance in these knockout ties. So um, as long as they get out of the group stage, I think it's, uh, you know, they have a shot. Yeah, I agree. And then a lighthearted question from Irish Romanista to finish up here from Twitter. He said, should we hold the victory bus ride for winning the Europa League today after the final like this year or wait until after the last Serie A match day confirms a Scudetto win? The order is annoying this year. So <laughs> Irish Romanista predicting a title on both ends and wondering just when we should do the parades. <laughs> two, two bus rides, one, one each day, extra obnoxious. <laughs> He's forgetting the Copa. We're going to win the Copa next year too, right? So, and I then mean, just drive by Lotito's house the with trouble. the bus every time. We're getting time. the trouble. Yeah, exactly. We're getting the <laughs> trouble, man. <laughs> All right. So that's where we'll wrap this week. Hopefully the next time we talk to you guys, hopefully it'll be next week with some signings to discuss. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll plan our schedule based on how things shake out 
in the, the next few days. But thanks again for listening and be sure to weigh in on the boards and on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on how uh, the Mercato and everything else is going for Roma. Mm-hmm.